This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a two-sided choppy week this week. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi said traders watch the pro-farmer tour and the weather. It's a true weather market. It seems strange to say that at the end of summer, but the record heat is projected across the Midwest this week. But the market rallied four days ahead of the uh, the record heat, and this morning kind of put an explanation point in it, and then the market pulled back. Stonex market analyst Arlen Suderman thinks growing economic concerns also weighed on this commodity market, but Suderman says it all boils down to demand. You look at corn demand, that's kind of the poster child for the problem, where USDA has cut export demand uh, by 775 million bushels over the past year for the current marketing year, and we're still uh, not on pace to hit that target, so we'll probably see more cuts there. Yet USDA somehow expects us to increase exports by 450 million bushels in the coming year at a time when Brazil's just getting to the point now of starting to dump this year's big bumper crop onto the world market. So we'll probably see more cuts for the new marketing year there as well. Soybeans is the big question mark. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson expects demand and exports to improve, but it's going to take some time. So I still kind of think we're in a trading range here. You know, in a lot of years we put a low in corn and beans in late August, early September, so we'll have to see how this unfolds and see if we get some demand to show up. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On said the livestock market uh, kind of did a consolidating action while it waited for direction from the cash trade. This market has uh, very much been consolidating off of this last, you know, we got the wave lower and now we're just kind of consolidating and sitting here and not quite sure what to do. We know fundamentally this, the story's there uh, to have tight supplies. Uh, but for the most part, it doesn't seem like it's in a rush to do much of anything. It's been very quiet to watch. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp calls that livestock market resilient. We had that bullish reaction on Monday to the cattle on feed report placements down about 8%, a couple points more than expected. So it's still very much a fundamentally supported market here, light numbers on the fed cattle supply and still pretty solid demand heading into the end of the summer resilient we'll still call it for a beef demand on the consumer end maybe if we have an extension of warm weather into the september and october months that we're going to continue to be uh, grilling steaks out there the livestock uh, lean hogs i should say pretty quiet here to Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo said the cattle market kind of played middle ground, caught between the lean hog market and the equity markets. And so I think we're going to see weaker profit-taking mindset develop in the cattle if the hogs tend to lose their triple-digit premiums. I've noticed a trend going again where we're in the back in a soy, uh, the, the pork and bean trade, where the soybeans and the hogs trade together. So if beans go negative, I wouldn't be surprised that the hogs would go negative as well as we close out the week on the idea about China and the Fed. And if that's the case, we may be able to uh, see a little bit more deeper cut in the cattle market. Um, I, I do think the feeders are a little bit protected at this point because the maps and the models uh, as we close out the end of the week show Kansas and Nebraska feedlot country getting back into the mid-90s about a week from today. So we're not through the, the weather market yet when it comes to the cattle. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Attention sugar beet growers, very best discounts are available now on new 2024 sugar beet harvesters and defoliators from Amity Technology. Contact your authorized Amity Technology dealer to see how very best discounts can affect your price and lock in product availability. Very best discounts are available now through September 1st, 2023. Contact your Amity Technology dealer today. Field proven solutions from Amity Technology. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has completed its investigation into the 2021 detections of potato wart on Prince Edward Island. In a statement, National Potato Council CEO Cam Quarrel says the practice of planting potatoes in infected fields must stop. Without additional steps, Quarrel says the soil-borne disease will spread to the United States and economic consequences will be felt by the entire North American potato industry. A federal judge in Minneapolis has dismissed a price-fixing class-action lawsuit against Cargill, JBS, Tyson Foods, National Beef Packing Plant, and Swift. A group of cow-calf producers filed the lawsuit nearly a year ago, claiming meat packers conspired to lower cattle prices in 2015. Summit Carbon Solutions has resubmitted its pipeline permit to the North Dakota Public Utilities Commission. The first permit was denied earlier this month. The revised permit reroutes the pipeline north of Bismarck. Summit is also reporting nearly 80% of the right-of-way on the pipeline route has been secured through voluntary easements. Almost 90% of the space needed for the carbon sequestration in North Dakota has also been secured. A hearing on possible reform of the federal milk marketing orders took place last week in Indianapolis. National Milk Producers Federation Director of Economic Research and Analysis Stephen Kane says his group has spent two years preparing for this hearing. It's a big process. We don't do these very often. You know, last time we had a big process like this uh, it was about 20 years ago. We developed a big package that we think is going to help the U.S. dairy farmer, but we're not the only kids on the block. There's some other groups in there that have some differing opinions, so we're going to have a good time explaining to USDA why I think some of these changes need to be made and why we think they need to be instituted in the way that we think they need to be done. And the hearing process is expected to last a few weeks. A recommendation from this hearing will likely happen in February or March, and a final decision is expected next summer. Testifying before an EPA scientific advisory panel, National Corn Growers Association President Tom Haig highlighted atrazine's role in weed management and the weed resistance issue. Haig, who farms in Eden Valley, Minnesota, said access to atrazine is an important tool for U.S. corn growers. The EPA is expected to receive the report from this panel in late November. In the words of former House Agriculture Committee Chair Colin Peterson, the current farm bill situation is hard to read. Peterson says the House and Senate committee leaders are saying the right things, but there are some problems. In this debate, you've got a bunch of folks that are wanting more money in the farm bill and uh, saying that at the end of the day they're not going to support a farm bill unless there's more money in it for reference prices or whatever it is. You've got other people saying uh, they want to cut the spending of the farm bill. 
you know, and you've got the proverbial snap issue that keeps coming up, even though they dealt with it in the Debt Reduction Act. So I think the biggest danger at this point is this whole effort out there that thinks that there's some are another going to find more money that's going to give people all the things that they're wishing for. Peterson says Democrats are needed to pass a farm bill. Especially in the House, when they got a four-seat majority, you know, there's no way. There's 20 of these Freedom Caucus people, at least, maybe 30, that wouldn't vote for a farm bill. I don't care what she did. They're just not going to do it, you know. So, you, so you've got a situation where you have to have Democrats. Well, some of the folks on the other side that are not going to vote for the bill anyway, they're demanding things that will drive Democrats away from the bill. So what's got to happen here at the end of the day is they've got to get, they get to a place where the sensible people in the middle and the Republican and Democratic Party come together. And in this climate, that's tough. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota Mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota Mill from the competition. This is Sierra Doctor from the Red River Farm Network inviting you to join us at the Big Iron Farm Show September 12th, 13th, and 14th. Forums include a look at land values Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon and farm transition planning all three days. You can find the entire schedule at rrfn.com. All seminars will be live streamed on your live event. The Red River Farm Network Forum at Big Iron is sponsored in part by Pivot Bio, Seth Vanderhave, Freedom Financial Group, and Proceed. We'll see you at the Big Iron Farm Show. A look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. There were some small changes to the drought monitor this week, but nearly all of Minnesota remains abnormally dry or in some form of drought. The most severe conditions are in southeastern Minnesota. Just over half of North Dakota is dealing with dry conditions, with severe drought reported along the Canadian border. South Dakota's drought is confined to the far eastern portion of the state. The latest pasture and range condition reports show 37% of the country's pasture land rated good to excellent compared to 40% last week. In Minnesota, 68% of pastures were rated poor to fair. North Dakota range land rated 77% fair to good and South Dakota rated 72% fair to good. Dairyland Seed District Sales Manager Keith Rico says rain has been spotty in central North Dakota, but other areas have had plenty of moisture. A third cutting of hay seems likely in areas. Um, basically, you know, now we're chasing some uh, fall seed alfalfa right now. Perfect time. we got about 10 days, two weeks. You guys have some moisture. To, you got some small grains off or some, maybe a PP spot or something. We're putting in fall seed alfalfa right now. And so then kind of steady, busy with that. Had some calls and that and some deliveries going out. So we can do that now for about another 10 days, two weeks, depending on the time frame. And uh, the bugs are leaving us alone. And the soybeans, it looks like the heavy rain probably comes through. The most part kind of wash some of those down, cool those off. So we're, oh, there might be some pockets of, of aphids uh, in that uh, Griggs County. Stuckton County, uh, they're already a little bit drier north of I-94.
struggled, but right now we're doing pretty well. Near Callaway, Minnesota, Bill Zern says crop conditions are surprisingly good despite the lack of moisture. Started out uh, interesting and then it got kind of dry for a while, but now we have had some rain in the majority of the area. So it's uh, looking pretty decent. Actually surprising how good it looks. I have some alfalfa that didn't do very darn good during a dry stretch, but uh, the corn's looking real decent. Some of the beans were hurt by the drought, and so time will tell how that turns out. And the guys that got wheat have had the last couple weeks of challenge to try to get that off, and that's coming through better than expected. Zern also says recent rains are helping fill soybeans. A report from the North Dakota Wheat Commission says the spring wheat harvest is moving at a slower pace than normal. Many of the state's farmers are reporting better than expected yields, but others are seeing disappointing results. Protein values range anywhere from 11% to 16%. Test weights are strong. North Dakota's Durham harvest is also lagging. Decent yields are being seen despite dry conditions. Protein levels and test weights are also good. The potato crop is coming along quite well across the northern plains. Extension potato agronomist Andy Robinson says dry weather is having an impact on the non-irrigated potato crop. Oh, certainly, yeah. yeah. In, the, uh, in the Red River Valley where we have non-irrigated potatoes, certainly they're dry, and there's no question it's been dry. Um, so I wouldn't expect big yields out of those fields this year by any means, uh, but the irrigated acres tend to be looking pretty good. Dry weather has lessened foliar diseases. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing of dry weather is our foliar disease pressure is certainly down. But on the flip side, our uh, soil-borne pathogens tend to take a little bit more hold when the plants are stressed. So seeing a little bit more verticillium, a little bit more black dot probably than you normally would. Uh, it's just what happens, you know, weather influences diseases a lot, there's no question. According to the weekly Manitoba crop report, most of the winter wheat and rye harvest is complete. Spring wheat is mostly in the hard dough stage with pre-harvest desiccation underway. Most of the canola is in the late pod fill stage. Soybeans are in the R6 to R7 stage and is in good condition. Manitoba's dry bean harvest is expected to begin this week. This has been a look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Are you thinking about growing corn, soybeans, or wheat next year? A margin protection plan could be for you. Margin protection is area-based coverage that helps protect your margins from increased input costs or falling commodity prices. When that happens, a county-level estimate is used to determine a payment amount. To find out if margin protection is available in your area, contact your local Egg Country office before September 30th. Egg Country. Focused on egg. Focused on you. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest, and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235, brought to you by North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Veristo Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants.